Hi there, my name's Jane Anderson and this is the Jane Anderson Brand You Show. It's the podcast for experts who want to have greater impact, influence and income for their businesses and careers. As experts, we know that people buy from people and work with people who they know, who they like and who they trust. So I'm so glad you're here because it's that time again now to really amplify how you show up in the world. Welcome today to Jessica Giles, who is one of our very special members in Expert to Influencer. Expert to Influencer is our community. If you're sitting there wondering what is she talking about, Expert to Influencer is our community where we work with experts in their field to be able to build their personal brands, to be able to create really powerful marketing, particular content creation and marketing strategies, and to be able to feel more confident in their selling. Jessica has been part of our community for some time. And for those who are listening today, some of them are in our community too. Lots of people have said, I need the recording. I can't get there today. So we have some members online. And then today, this will go in the Jane Anderson brand new podcast as well. Now, I'm just going to repeat that because we realized we weren't recording and Jessica picked up that I wasn't. So Jessica, I'm going to ask you to repeat because Jessica and I met just before COVID hit in Adelaide. And it feels like so long ago because we've done so much work together. But in fact, it's only been a year, but I feel like you've been with us forever. Jessica, tell us all about you. You've been a very busy lady, but I'd love for everybody to meet you. Tell us all about you, your world, your personal brand, your area of expertise and how you got into all this. Fabulous. Yes. Thank you, Jane. Thank you so much for hosting me today. I always say when Jane Anderson talks, I stop and listen. And it's a real honour to be here with you and your community today. And yes, we met just before COVID and we've spent a lot of time together over that period because I was very fortunate to be a part of your Cut Through Collaterals program. And we spent a lot of time together in the lockdown and got a lot of work done, which has been super valuable throughout 2020 and certainly into this year as well. So I'm thrilled to be here. And my background and area of expertise is I am an accountant by trade, and that's my area of expertise, but I combine that powerfully with money mastery, manifestation, law of attraction, coaching as well. And so my whole philosophy is that you can't sit on a meditation mat and manifest a million dollars. I'm working on it. If I crack the code, you'll be the first to know. I like that. But you also cannot outmanage a bad mindset. And so when you combine the two, it creates an unstoppable financial rising. And I'm so thrilled to support my clients and community to master the both. It's when you combine the masculine money management systems combined with the feminine aspects of mindset, it really is a force to be reckoned with. And I'm so passionate about this because I did not come out of the box this way. I was never on a trajectory to be doing this in my life. My background behind the background is a 16-year-old high school dropout working in a petrol station and Mm. I then did accounting as a subject at my local adult education centre and fell in love with it. So I did Mm. my certificate three, four diploma and advanced diploma of accounting and used that to get into my university degree and When I did my university degree, I sat exams the night before giving birth and screaming newborn outside. That's incredible. Yeah, I always say I took the long road. But then when I had my bookkeeping and accounting practice, really identified that 
clients were handing over their financial power, not just their receipts. This was back in the shoe. Oh, <laughs> and I realized that having a business, most people start their business or their practice because they're so passionate about what they do. Mm. And that doesn't always equate to sound financial management skills and run growing a profitable business, not an expensive hobby. So at that time, I also have what I call my spiritual awakening, where I became a single mum very suddenly overnight and learned about mindset and manifestation. And then that was really when I started bringing that into my work with my bookkeeping and accounting clients and noticed a, a huge transformation. And so the rest, they say, is history. And I'm incredibly grateful now that my business and expertise now includes speaking and coaching. And I've just wrote my first book, as you mentioned. So I've got lots of questions today, by the way. <laughs> good. This is good. I like questions. But I hope that helps people to see that my whole philosophy is that it doesn't matter where you've come from. It matters where you're going. And that's what I'm so passionate about, supporting people. It doesn't matter what your relationship with money or anything or your finances has looked like until this point. It's very much about what you're choosing and what you're available for moving forward. It's so powerful. You absolutely fascinate me. My father's an accountant, so I've grown up with accounting and my dad is amazing, so patient, but like it's so hard. But what I love about what you've got is two things. One is the combination of, like you said, the left brain or the masculine energy around systems, processes. I think for experts, we know that we've got to have those things in place. There's an incredible amount of guilt, shame that sometimes comes with these things and therefore vulnerability in asking for help, which is around like just being able to get my house in order. But then there's the other space that you've got, which is around, because, you know, let's face it, for me, some accountants based on my experience with my dad, who I love dearly, is it's easy to get caught up in the expenses and that bottom line as opposed to working off the top line too, which is this manifestation space. We talk about it in our program called Joyful Selling and we talk about you know, being able to create this energy and momentum and mindset about money and being able to feel like, because when you're building your personal brand, you're selling you. It's your identity. And I mean, you get this because you're doing it yourself. And so I love that you've got this yin and yang approach to not just the mechanics of going and I don't know if you've found this particularly for women but a lot for women is going yeah it's not just about the mechanics it's about the mindset of how I feel about myself there's so much identity tied to this so much vulnerability that comes with this for a lot of women particularly as solopreneurs and experts in their field building personal brands one thing to talk about sales but a very different thing to talk about financial security it's likely that you'll live longer likely that you're not putting money a super away and all those things are I'm just trying to survive like you said I've got an expensive hobby on my hands I don't really have a business so and your story is incredible that the journey that you've taken and I love what you said about it's not where you've come from it's where you're going what are some of the biggest challenges that you find particularly with personally branded businesses like all that stuff around identity me mindset like what do you find when you're working with experts, speakers, trainers, consultants in this space, what do you find the biggest challenges they come up against around 
self-worth and how to, you know, trying to get your business profitable or your practice profitable, all that sort of stuff, and the role that your own self-worth and mindset has in that. Yeah, absolutely. And this is absolutely no reflection of your dad at all, but a lot of clients that I speak with, when they meet me, they're like, oh my gosh, you're such a breath of fresh air because I'm used to my middle-aged accountant in a suit yelling at me or telling me off or telling me I'm not making enough money or oftentimes they're not educated and they like educating the client and then the client feels disempowered and the flow on for that and the original what I believe is at the absolute core of everything is the story that we're telling ourselves. And so when these experts and these influencers telling themselves a story that they've carried from generations before around, I'm not good with money, or people like me don't have money, or money's hard to come by, people won't pay that. All of that is carried through not only in how we manage our business finances and growing a profitable business, but also very much in when it comes to pricing and selling themselves because it is all connected you know we like to think that it's just a strategy problem or a pricing model but it really all comes down to that core story and belief system that we're carrying and so what I find for those that are in the information age really and we're selling ourselves we're selling information people find it very very difficult to put a value on that transformation So oftentimes they might be looking at, say, an hourly rate or, you know, and it feels exorbitant to be, we all have our set ceiling of what an hourly rate should or would be. And that is oftentimes related to what we've known to be an hourly rate. So what we've earned previously in a corporate role or something like that what we've known that our parents have earned and and everyone has stories about our earning a parent or a partner or a societal norm or having to work hard for it like a lot of money is a really common story so if it's like if I want to earn say $50,000 a month I'm going to have to flog myself basically to be worthy of that exchange so it's never about I believe it's never about the pricing strategy or the mechanics of it. It's Mm. all about the belief that we have to it and the story we're telling ourselves. And what I think is really important for people who are basically selling themselves and the offers that they have are two things. One, to let it be, I always say pricing is a process. So you're never going to step out the blocks and be selling a complete premium price for your offering right from the start, potentially. We've all done the paid offerings and, uh, sorry, the free offerings and speaking at lots of different things. And so pricing is very much a process, but it's really important that you allow yourself to be expanding regularly through that process. Yeah. So that's definitely the first piece is realizing that it gets to be a process and you get to have love and gratitude and celebration for yourself for doing that. The second piece that I personally, the biggest shift I've had to make is to take the focus off of selling myself (laughs) because as soon as we think about selling ourselves, that's when all the stories and so forth come up. So I find it super beneficial now to think about segregating myself from the message, from the offer. I'm the one that's speaking through that, but it's not me. Yeah, you've got to disassociate yourself a little bit, yeah? 
Yeah, absolutely. And that really came into play recently as well when I started to hire a team to support me and so forth of realising that I had to see myself as I'm actually working for the practice as well. It's not necessarily like sort of sacking yourself in a way and taking mm-hmm. the focus. And you explained this perfectly, Jane, around attention in versus attention out. And the more that you can take the attention and the focus off of yourself and yeah. instead be focusing on the value that you're delivering, the transformation that your clients and community create, it helps to create that segregation so that you're able to disassociate a little bit from your own stories and limitations around that. I love that. And I love that you see it in such a, you know, how it manifests in a financial sense. I was reading a blog the other day where somebody said, what else do I need to do? I've done my gratitude journal. I've cut the cords. I've done this manifesting. I've done, you know, they rounded off all these things, like oh, I've, all the things that I've done. What else do I need to do to grow my business? I've done every bloody spiritual thing I could have done. I could just go help someone. <laughs> like if you start there, you might be able to get started. But Absolutely. You're right. Because it's caught up in our own stuff. A hundred percent. And through all those mediums that you just shared, that shifts the energy, but then you've got to get that energy into motion and moving towards something else in a way that the universe can show you the changes that you've made. But when you make those changes in a vacuum and wait for everything to come to you, it's very limiting. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I love what you've said about having to disassociate. Like it's a really hard thing, isn't it? It's easier said than done. Like having to pry yourself and your ego off your name and make those two things so different Todd Herman talks about in his book the alter ego effect where he talks about high performance and you look at the Beyonce's and the Oprah's and they actually create new names for themselves to create high performance but it's hard for us like we can't always create a stage name like often we're having to actually still use our own name is there anything that you do with people that you advise them on how to actually create that disassociation or that disconnection like one part you said like is just get attention out is there any other advice that you find with them particularly around that money manifestation and that worth that's so it just feels like it's so tied yes absolutely and so what I find is it's always awkward before it's elegant (laughs) So letting yourself have those wobbly moments where it doesn't quite feel right, and that's good because that means you're on the precipice of real growth. So it's always awkward before it's elegant and your willingness is enough. You know, there are billionaires out there with money blocks. So (laughs) there are people who are getting paid exorbitant amounts of money that still wonder if they're worth it a little bit. So you're never going to get over it. Like it's never going to be something that's not there. So I think making friends with it and realising that it's one element of the journey, it's one element of the process, but you get to choose how much you assign to that how much energy you assign to that and once you get into motion and once you start offering and you start connecting with people and you're in that feedback loop and you're hearing the impact you're having you're seeing the results that your service is having it becomes a lot easier to feel that affirmation and to feel that connection to the worth and what you're creating because you're seeing the ripple impact that it is having I always invite my clients as well to look into who are you afraid is going to judge you? 
if you were earning what it is that you desire to earn because our greatest human need is for safety and belonging you know regardless of how technologically advanced we are and how we're connecting today we crave safety and belonging above all else so Mm. to the degree that you feel that something is going to stop you being safe and accepted is to Mm. the degree that you will block it for yourself right so I have a bit of a theory that has proven right about 100% of the time, (laughs) which is that everybody is holding themselves back a little bit or a lot for fear of upsetting somebody. So whether it's a parent, a partner, a spouse, whatever it is, whether it's out earning somebody or emasculating somebody or whatever, we all have our own poison of choice, I believe. Mm. But letting yourself identify and connect with that helps you to see what it's actually about because oftentimes what we're making it about isn't the core of what's actually causing the issue for yourself. Right. I love that because that personalises it. And when you're in a personally branded business, it's all so people-oriented and it's not like, oh, it's not a price point or it's not a revenue level. It's someone, someone or there's some fear around disassociating. Someone won't like me someone won't love me, someone will reject me or I'll upset someone or something like that will happen. And what role does the imposter syndrome have in that? I love that. I love this question. And I think we all have this if only they knew story. (laughs) I think everybody is carrying this, well, if only they knew this about me or if only they knew that about me or if only they knew that this challenge is So I think we carry that and we're also close to our own story and our own history and our own limitations that it's so easy to see somebody else's highlight reel, so to speak, even if that's not necessarily what they're putting forward. But it's human nature to assume that somebody else has it easier or I've got more limitations or so forth. So I think the imposter syndrome, I've become very familiar with because now especially as I'm doing you know more speaking and I've written a book and I'm coaching clients all over the world there is still that little part of me that's like but no no you're a 16 year old high school dropout in the petrol station (laughs) (laughs) so I don't think it's something that ever really leaves us but I think it's something that you can in a sense make friends with and I think with any fear-based anything it's so important to approach it in that way because what you resist persists So if you try and ignore it, it's going to grow. But fear is also a one-trick pony. And when you face it, it falls away. So I think letting yourself connect with, again, what's the story I'm telling myself about that and why am I telling myself I'm not worthy of this can help you to break down those stories and beliefs. And realising I like to see it as my superpower. Right. It's like because I feel that I'm an imposter for this reason, that's actually my superpower and how can I use this to benefit others? Right. So you actually elevate rather than try and diminish it. Absolutely. Everything that I've gone through, I talk openly about being a high school dropout and working in a petrol station and having been a single mum. And I learned this lesson so deeply when I did become a single mum. Like the day it happened, of course, I didn't come out and be like, hey. (laughs) my, what I'm going to do now. Exactly. But my whole philosophy was when I heal from this, I'm going to use it to help others. And when I did heal from it and start sharing that and being of support in that area, the amount of 
clients I attracted and people who came to me and people who were like, thank you so much for sharing that. And, you know, they'd either become single mums or as crazy as it sounds, wanted to be a single mum. Yeah. It gave them. Because often that's the thing holding them back from becoming a single mum, right? Going, well, I'm going to be okay. How am I going, you know, financially I need to be independent. How am I going to manage this? A hundred percent. And it's all combined. And that's why I'm so passionate about what I do so that, I support women to be financially empowered so that they can make those decisions that support themselves and they can be in a relationship of their choosing or out of a relationship. So mm-hmm. when I flipped it from being my limitation to my superpower, it completely changed the whole experience that you have with it. That's amazing. I think that's such an incredible mindset to have is to make it your superpower, shift your imposter syndrome from trying to ignore it or going, oh, you sh- don't worry about it. Like we try to ignore it. I, I love that you just put a big bloody spotlight on it and just <laughs> and go to town with it and embrace it is what I'm hearing. Yeah, 100%. And if I've learned anything, and I see this so much in my coaching program, what's personal is universal. We think we're the only ones that don't have this figured out or aren't sure about this or are struggling with that. The truth is, without wanting to sound too funny about it, we're not that special to have (laughs) completely unique problems. If you're struggling with something, there are millions of people around the world and at least a handful in your audience and community that are struggling with the same thing and you can be their light and you can be their path and I think you can, again, have that attention out and be of service and support to someone in that way, then it's kind of, you know, goes against the ethos, I believe, of what we stand for to not do that. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. And this is probably a good time to talk about your book, which is fantastic, by the way. So you did an incredible job and I know you worked so hard through COVID trying to get this finished. Poor Jessica turned up. We had Cut Through Collaterals, which is a program I launched during COVID to just help people in our community to make use of the time while COVID hit. And people, <laughs> let's not watch Netflix. Let's work our butts off for the next, I think we had month. And poor Jessica was on like every second day going, oh my God, (laughs) this is brutal. But she got through it and she was getting in and getting her book done. And I think you made the absolute most of COVID. You worked so hard with being able to get this to happen. So Jessica, tell us a bit about the book. I've got a couple of questions, but your book is called Financially Free Forever. And the style of the book, I love. It is really unique. It's almost like a book and a workbook in one like it's so if you go through it's beautifully designed I love the gold on the cover so you can sort of see she's got some key points and then there's activities that you fill out each day and it's a hundred day journey yeah yes it is and I'm so passionate about this book because I've wanted to write a book for so long and have been asked for so long to write a book by clients and members of my community and I just couldn't bring myself to write another money book. <laughs> and <laughs> I didn't want something that was going to collect dust on the shelves and not be loved and implemented. And this is another story around alignment as well. I really butted up for a good couple of years trying to write the book and then one day it just hit me. I was like, write the book you wish you had, write the book that you wish you had at the start of your journey. And 
everything that is in this book is what I wish I knew or I wish I had somebody sharing with me every step of the way and and that's why I did it the way that I did so each day you have a training and then you're implementing it like it's not oh that sounds like a good idea it's literally this is the training now here's the journal prompt the template the meditation the whatever accompanies it to because information is one part but implementation is absolutely the king (laughs) or queen so I really wanted this to be something that is like a companion that you have every step of the way yeah I haven't seen a book quite like it and it's a surprise because it's like oh okay great this will be lovely I'm gonna learn about this and I go oh hang on she wants me to do something (laughs) so I'm like whoa okay all right looks like we're doing something so I love that it's kind of got a little bit of butt kicking in it I'm always a big fan of a bit of butt kicking but you ask some really really interesting questions in here one of them is is it's in day 18 day 18 is where you talk about magnetize money towards you and you talk about tell me who would you rather spend time with the person who's excited and happy to see you loves your presence and greets you with warmth and joy or the person who no matter how often you visit or call no matter what you do it's just not enough they're always resentful they make you feel like crap about yourself and your relationship you have with them today it's time to ask yourself are you a person a or a person b with money and I love the question that you asked off the back of it, which really made me go, wow, I've got to really think about this. And the question you asked is, how do you think money feels in your presence? Yeah. Can you elaborate on that question? Tell me, why do you ask that question? I think that's such a powerful question. Yeah, absolutely. So I like to talk about the book as though I kick you and I cuddle you. So it's <laughs> definitely an element of... We need to get change. We need to have transformation, but there's a lot of love in there as well. And this question, I always feel like I never said it was going to be easy questions to answer, but these questions will change your life. And Mm -hmm. I always speak with my clients about seeing your relationship with money as another relationship in your life. Because your relationship with money is going to be there every day until you pass over like boyfriends, partners, friends, clients, they come and go, but money is there for life. And so often we are thinking about how we feel about money. There's not enough of it. It doesn't come in fast enough. It doesn't stick around. It doesn't grow. And I think it's such a pattern to rut and a channel change to look at it from the perspective of money, especially when money is an energetic exchange and go, well, hang on a minute. If I was money, how would I feel about being in my presence? And the real reason I ask that question is because what you focus on expands. So if you are focusing on the fact that you need money, you're focusing innately that you don't have it. And what you focus on expands. So the more you put your energy toward that, even subconsciously. So this isn't necessarily what you wake up in the morning and sit on the side of the bed thinking about. But if your default energy and belief system under all the actions you take is that there's not enough money, it doesn't matter. And I've had this happen in my business. I've seen it happen in countless numbers of clients' businesses. The energy that money comes in with is what you interact and it goes out with. So if money comes into you from a place of fear, like, oh, I need another client and I need money, the money's going to go with the same energy and you're going to stay in the same place with it. So the principle of asking this question starts to, my intention is that you really start to look at yourself from the perspective of money and start to see where 
the relationship is not one of gratitude and abundance, but one of either need or desperation or resentment or so forth, because it's when you shift that story and that belief, everything in life is just a giant mirror to us. Mm. So when you shift that to a place of gratitude and abundance, that's what you then start to mirror in your physical experience as well. And that makes perfect sense, right? Because if you've got, going back to the imposter thing, it's like, well, if that message is continually, I'm not enough, you know, or my programs aren't enough, or there's never enough money, or there's not enough clients, that energetically just is continually flattening you, isn't it? And then so you just sort of end up going nowhere, or you've stagnated. 100%. Yeah. And how we do one thing is how we do everything. So chances are, I find that if you feel you don't have enough money, you probably also feel you don't have enough time or enough love or enough self-care. Because we like to think that everything is separate, but it's really not. And so oftentimes it's that energetic blueprint that you're carrying through all of the important areas of your life. That's such a valuable lesson, an energetic blueprint. What is your energetic blueprint? Because that's showing up. Money's just one area of that, but it's impacting on so many other things. So for you as an expert, we ask this of every expert in their field that comes onto the podcast we interview. If you had your time again with starting your practice, you've come so far, which is amazing. If you could do anything again differently or the biggest lesson you've learned in building your personal brand, in all these things that you put out and your IP and all those types of things, what would be something, or if the one thing, great, but is there something that you wish you'd known much earlier? (laughs) Yeah, it's so interesting. On my way home today, I took my nephew home from school and we were talking about careers and so forth and it was career coaching with Arnie Jess and I was sharing with him that I don't want my children or my nephews to take the same challenging path that I did around dropping out of high school and so forth but on the other side of it all there's nothing about that that I would really change because it shapes who I am and I think it brings a real depth of experience that I can support my community with. The one thing I would change the most in my journey would be addressing the identity and self-worth issues earlier and not focusing so much on the pure business building because the strategy can only be as strong as the person behind it and the revenue plan can only be as abundant as the person driving that revenue plan feels and how worthy they feel of it. So if I could change anything, it would be to take less time stressing and worrying about whether I was good enough and worthy enough and to heal myself and to focus on being of service. And it's not that I haven't focused on being of service, but if I could just realise that it actually doesn't matter. It actually doesn't matter what we think about ourselves, whether we think we're worthy or not. What matters is the impact and the service that you're giving. So I think if I could have my time again... I wouldn't know if I was worthy or not and just do what I love to do and let that do the talking. (laughs) Yeah, I'm so glad to hear that. I'm so glad to hear that. (laughs) I wish I'd worked that one a lot out much earlier too. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. But I think 
to a certain degree as well, it is kind of the baptism of fire and the rite of passage that we all kind of have to go through to pop out the other side. And I think it is all of those experiences that build us into who we are and helps us to support other people to fast track their journey through that, which I think is an incredible gift to give. I agree with you. I think it creates empathy. And if you're in the expert space of building personal brand is one of the first things that, as you know, we've talked a lot about is defining our own customers' problems and challenges and not, not here's what's wrong with you and I know what's wrong with you. That's patronising. It's more about, well, you know what? I don't know if you feel like this, but this is how I felt when I was at the stage where you're at. And so it creates that connection and empathy does and compassion and insight that people then go, oh, right, so you do actually get it. <laughs> yeah, very Very much so. And I think one of the true gifts that we give our clients, and this is one thing that I take very, very seriously in the work that I do, is I'm not the guru. I think one of the biggest gifts I give my client is I give them the gift of themselves. I help them to connect with themselves and find the answers for themselves because we know from our own stories and experiences that being told something is one thing, but connecting with it for yourself and reaching that awareness, that's where the real transformation happens. And I recently worked with a lady in her 70s. Right. It was a fabulous experience. And she said to me at the start, she's like, I cannot believe I'm paying money to a 34-year-old to work with me and in this area. But she said, we never stop learning. We never stop growing. And it's so important to be on that journey of expansion. And she was able to identify and release decades and decades old stories that she had been holding on to. And I loved her attitude because she said to me, well, I could either be upset because I've carried this for all my life or I can know that the rest of my life will be the best of my life because I'm no longer carrying it. (laughs) And I was just like, wow, if that's not a lesson to (laughs) That's incredible. At 70 and to start to really live in your best life even then, well done to her on not giving up, like just going, okay, well, it's not too late. I love hearing that. Yeah, absolutely. Jessica, I really want to acknowledge you for putting this together because I think it's a really, really unique, practical, elegant, and I always think that the power of our questions as an expert, the questions that you ask that you put in here, I think really demonstrate deep empathy and compassion for your clients and insight on your expertise, absolutely but I really admire you and your journey because I think your story and your background gives you so much more credibility than necessarily just being able to have the smooth path of attending university and all those things. Your journey is really, I think, empowering for people to feel, particularly in the space of money, because it's such a vulnerable space for people to be and talk through I think you create an incredible space for that for people. So if people want to get in touch with you, where are they best to go? If they want to read your book, what are they best to do? Yeah, absolutely. And thank you so much for honouring that, Jane. I really appreciate it. And I believe fully that the quality of our life depends upon the quality of the questions that we're asking of ourselves and others. And so when we ask those higher frequency, high vibration questions, that's when you get the high frequency and high vibration answers. So thank you so much for witnessing that. 
And yes, I would love to share the book and everything with your community. So you can absolutely find me on the social media channels, Facebook and Instagram at Chic Money. The book is available on my website at chicmoney.com.au slash book. I'm also on LinkedIn, all, all the kind of places that we all hang out. I'm certainly there and I would be absolutely thrilled to connect with and, and be able to support your audience further. And yeah, I think the book is an incredible opening tool to start to create some real results and transformation in a safe environment that we can still hide under our covers and do it at the same time. <laughs> I reckon you're spot on. I reckon you're totally spot on. Well, thank you so much for your time. And make sure you jump on, follow Jessica, particularly on social platforms if you're not already. I love the journey that Jessica shares and even just your life. Like Jessica lives in Adelaide. She's on a farm. I think the other day she was out with the sheep and she's got her cats and the girls. So it's just, I think you're a real inspiration, not only to our experts to influence the community, but for all experts really trying to work out how to navigate selling yourself. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> thank you so much and yes I didn't impromptu live stream today I had a few spare oh. minutes and a, a something I wanted to chat about and I did it and I was in my car and I had to explain that the green bags you can see in the back are sheep fleeces that I've just picked up from the local <laughs> store so I love it hashtag farm life but yep. um, yeah <laughs> thank you so much I love it I love that you embrace all parts of your personal brand I think sometimes we get caught up in just our expertise as such but don't embrace well this is me this is my life this is how I operate and it gives us context and connection as we're building our personal brand so thank you so much for jumping on today I'm so grateful to have your time and congratulations on the book make sure you jump on and follow Jessica if you're not already reach out to her tell her how amazing she is and we'll see you on the next podcast bye for now bye